You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond this episode number 324, where I'll be discussing Star Wars Celebration, Thor Love and Thunder, and Prehistoric Planet. Yes, it is just me this week, guys. Your one and only host. You've got Tim here. And we have another solo go through all things nerd this week with... Like I said, just me at the mics here, guys. We've got an exciting weekend nerd to discuss with Star Wars Celebration kicking off today. As you listen to this podcast on day of release, Star Wars Celebration has kicked into full gear. I have my pass, my four-day pass, but I'm not in Anaheim. But I'm excited to talk about Star Wars and the potential reveals. We could see the debut of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Stranger Things is happening this week. And on top of all that, we have got an awesome Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Guys, we are feasting here in the nerd world. And I'm going to run this week in Nerd Down in a fairly quick form, as we have been doing over the last couple of weeks. So we're not going to waste any more time. Let's just jump over to This Week in Nerd. All right, everyone, welcome to This Week in Nerd, where we discuss the latest and the greatest from the world of nerd. And of course, we got to kick this thing off with Star Wars Celebration. Celebration in Anaheim starts today, May 26th, one day after the 45th anniversary of the big screen debut of A New Hope. And I got to tell you, it is so fitting to be here talking Star Wars, given that the May 25th is considered by some as the real Star Wars Day. So I'm happy to be here recording, talking about Celebration. Now, last week we talked about this Vanity Fair article that teased some reveals that we could potentially be seeing here at Star Wars Celebration this weekend, with a whole slew of panels setting up filmmakers, Disney+, and what is next for the animated world of Star Wars. We are surely to get some reveals here, and they're likely to be focused and centered around mostly Disney+, Plus, including and likely Andor, which today was confirmed by the showrunner to be 12 episodes long in that first season. And he also chatted a bit about season number two. Ahsoka has been filming. We've got Dave Filoni helming that. And so there's potential we could see more from that and possibly some details from the Acolytes, which was mentioned and quite heavily featured in that Vanity Fair article. And it was talked about being the first major live-action break from the OT and prequel era. Outside of, of course, the sequels, but that did have the Skywalker saga in its DNA. We might also get a tease for the big screen. Keep your ears to the ground, guys, for what could be next in Star Wars. And you know, as you're listening to this, of course, celebration is happening. So I'm not going to dive any deeper into that, but I'm excited to see what Disney Plus is going to be offering us inside of the world of Star Wars. And to celebrate, celebration, of course, we're going to be doing a special live stream this Friday, day after release, over on the Nerd Room YouTube channel. We're doing a Star Wars celebration from far, far away live stream. We're going to be bringing in a bunch of guests, potentially some individuals from Celebration itself, to detail what the floor is like, what the panels are like. And we're just going to have some fun talking about the first two days of Celebration. And of course, the debut episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
Now, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi that debuts this Friday, of course, May 27th, with the first two episodes of the highly anticipated Disney Plus show, which brings back not only Ewan McGregor, but Hayden Christensen to their iconic roles from the prequel era. My personal hype level for this show is at an all-time high. Maybe one of the most hyped I've ever been for not only a Disney Plus project, but a Star Wars project in and of itself. With a smattering of new footage that's been shown across multiple TV spots and Vader being kept under wraps, I can honestly say that this show has very, very high expectations from me. Now, this is usually the undoing of these franchise installments. High, high expectations. But I do have full confidence here in not only the cast, but also Deborah Chow on delivering the story that we all think we want from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Going back to Tatooine, exploring some of those middle years of Obi-Wan Kenobi as he finds his way through the galaxy in a empire world with the inquisitors trying to hunt him down and really bringing a dynamic feel to that story that we always thought was obi-wan kenobi sitting in a cave watching over luke a lot more is going to happen there's a lot to digest i think in these first two episodes and i gotta say guys i'm super super excited and i hope the hype is there and i hope those of you that are down at celebration get to experience this together in a big auditorium yelling and screaming and just seeing the big reveals that they're going to put to screen here. Obi-Wan Kenobi coming this Friday. It is almost surreal to say that that is happening so, so soon. Another big property that I am super excited about that will be debuting just as we click over into summer is, of course, Thor Love and Thunder. The MCU is a big piece of my life, big piece of my fandom. And this next huge summer installment of what is the next MCU tentpole, Thor Love and Thunder, has got me hyped, guys. I don't know about you. I don't know what other people are saying really about this trailer that dropped on us hot off the heels of the teaser. Now, this was promised before we even laid eyes on it from Chris Hemsworth that this was going to be quite an epic piece. And I can honestly say, for me, it delivered. There's something about the tone, look, and feel of this project that just has this skyrocketing to my most anticipated comic book movies of 2022. Taika Waititi and his filmmaking sensibilities just really strikes a tone for me, and I think it really works for the character of Thor. You know, this again, his sensibilities are on full display here and on the trailer, and it feels like it is such a juxtaposition piece, an antithesis, if you will, to the Batman. You know, we've had some really great films coming out of the comic book world inside of 2022, and this just feels like it's so far on the other end of the spectrum that it's got me hyped that we got both things coming at us, this down-to-earth, grounded, gritty Batman story, and on the other side of thing, you've got this wacky and wild Thor book. And look, I know that's not for everyone, but hell, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing here. And although this trailer itself that they just dropped at us gives us a much better look at Thor's journey, and just a little bit more of Thor himself, the trailer really finds its footing, though, when we have Natalie Portman's Mighty Thor and, of course, Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher on screen. A first full look at both of these characters in speaking roles. Natalie Portman, of course, we got that stinger at the end of the first teaser, and now we see her in all her glory, fighting, wielding Mjolnir, sitting, speaking, having that playful dialogue with Thor. She seems to be owning this role 
And Christian Bale in this role of Gore the God Butcher, like, wow, guys, look at what he is doing here. This was a bit of a question mark, a bit of an enigma for this movie. The only images we had of this character were, of course, from the Marvel Legends leaks. But seeing this on screen now and this really weird changing look of Gore the God Butcher, whether it's a start, middle, end, I don't really know what's going on with this character. I read a bit of that Jason Aaron run, but I don't have a full concept as to maybe how this character evolves throughout the film. Now, it really contrasts the tone whenever Gore the God Butcher is on screen. And Taika Waititi himself said he stuck pretty close to the comic book for both Natalie Portman and Gore although taking some film liberties. And it really gets me thinking as to what this could be. It's presented very, very cerebral, very, very kind of on that tip of that horror spear there a little bit and and pulling from some of that visualization that, that really tells you what this character is going to be all about and shifting to this black and white during any battle scene with Gore was also pretty cool. We see Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie battling Gore with what looks to be Zeus's lightning. So this could be one of the best villains we do see inside of the MCU. And if Christian Bale's allowed to run with this, I can see this taken to heights that we have not seen yet inside of the MCU. So my hope is that he is able to run a little bit with this. And this is where you're going to get a huge contrast between what the trailer is putting out there and what could be really an emotional and maybe even high stakes film because even natalie portman if taika Waititi, like he said is pulling and sticking pretty close to the source material in the comic arc we did see natalie portman or jane foster's mighty thor introduced in it really has some emotional threads embedded inside of that that really isn't showcased in what is a quite a bombastic trailer and so i really look at this trailer and i really look at this film to subvert expectations that's the first thing that came to mind here they're showing you what you think this movie should be and potentially what the first part of this movie actually is is very much that ragnarok tone guardians tone pulling from the familiarity there but i'm looking at some of the composition pieces inside of this and i might be completely wrong but i'm looking and seeing a big shift at some point in this in the tone in the color palettes and in the delivery of potentially what could be a, quite an epic finish to another big thor arc so guys, July 7th cannot come soon enough. Mount up, because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be riding my goat boat all the way to the theater to see Thor Love and Thunder opening day. Now sticking with the MCU here, Daredevil on Netflix is arguably one of the best comic book movie TV shows of all time. With three stellar seasons that were just dropped onto Disney+, and Matt Murdock, played by returning Charlie Cox, making his debut inside of the MCU in Spider-Man No Way Home, and Wilson Kingpin Fisk, played again by returning Vincent D'Onofrio, showing up in Hawkeye, it was all but certain that we're going to see the Devil of Hell's Kitchen return to the small screen inside of the MCU in some capacity. Now, this week, Variety is exclusively reporting that a new Daredevil series is in the works for Disney+, Plus, with Matt Corman and Chris Ord attached to write and executive produce, each of those guys bringing a host of TV experience. Now, this is a very welcome piece of news for me. I love Daredevil, and I love what Charlie Cox did and what they're able to run with on Netflix, and I can't wait to see where they take him on Disney+, Plus in what I'm hoping is a soft reboot of the character. I don't need a full reboot of this. You can keep what happened in the past. Don't rely on it too much. And don't allow that to dictate the future stories. But it's there. It exists. Because it's likely, like we've seen with 
of course, Kingpin, that this Daredevil is going to be a slightly softer Daredevil than we've seen on the Netflix. I don't imagine Disney Plus and the MCU taking it as hard as they went inside of the Netflix shows. I could be proven wrong here, but that's just my initial thoughts and speculation, and I'm okay with that. Let's integrate. Let's do a little bit more of the law stuff, the legal stuff. We've got Jennifer Walters coming to screen here with She-Hulk in the not-too-distant future, and Daredevil... Nice to contrast some of that. And so we kind of build out some of these grassroots characters, this Daredevil character that we become quite fond of. But there has to be a little bit of caution here because I just don't want to see the shell of the Charlie Cox character. I actually want to see him run and evolve and change with the show itself. And so no word on when this is actually coming. There's not an official comments from Marvel Studios or any of the actors. But we know it's coming, guys. MCU is going to continue to drive forward along with Disney Plus and bring us new and different characters. And it's exciting to see that one of the best pieces of Marvel is going to be coming from Netflix over and onto Disney Plus. Now, something totally different for this next little news bit. Now, for those that have listened to the podcast for a long time, you know I am nuts about Jurassic Park, about dinosaurs. It's a lifelong, literal lifelong passion for me that has guided my career choice in some form or another. Now, what dropped onto Apple TV+, Plus, one of those services that is rarely used, except for when they have big event drops like this, is the new Prehistoric Planet TV series that is produced by Jon Favreau. There's already three episodes that have aired to date and what looks to be a five-episode series. This thing, Prehistoric Planet, is a true marvel. I would highly recommend going over to Apple TV+, Plus and checking this out. If you have any affinity for Planet Earth, or I believe it was Blue Planet they did, those unbelievable documentary style of nature series that are constructed around getting the cameras and making you feel a part of the environment. This prehistoric planet really emulates that almost completely, even down to having David Attenborough narrate the episodes. Now, similar to Planet Earth, this is built around different environments. The series walks you through the prehistoric landscapes and the creatures that dominated them. Now, this is presented again in a similar vein to not only Planet Earth, but also BBC's early 2000s Walking with Dinosaurs, but with updated VFX and new scientific insights that satisfies both the kid and adult lover of dinosaurs in me. It is a perfect primer for Jurassic June and the lead into Jurassic World Dominion. I don't think there's any coincidence that they dropped this when they did to really pick up on that dino hype as we build to the third installment of the Jurassic World series. This is a huge recommend for me, guys, especially with a relatively swift runtime of 40 minutes, pretty dynamic setup and VFX work, and also some beautiful insight is into the prehistoric past. So go check this one out. Log on Apple TV+, Plus, give it the $2.99 or whatever it is for the month, pour through these five episodes, you will not regret it. Now, I'd be remiss, guys, if I did not touch on a little bit of DC news. My co-host, Carlos, would be fairly upset with me if I walked through this entire episode without mentioning DC film. Now, just today, Blue Beetle. This is a forthcoming film inside of the DC film universe as they continue to broaden, build out, and diversify their film slate. We've got our first look at Zolo. This is the actor from Cobra Kai, of course, in full costume. Now, if I'm going to be honest with you guys... Because we had seen this at DC Fandom, at least the concept art for what Blue Beetle was going to look like, when I first saw this, I did not see Zolo's head in the picture. And I thought this might be some form 
of Riri Williams, Ironheart, or the Armor Wars TV show that is coming to Disney Plus eventually. It looks kind of Iron Man-esque. Now, this isn't a knock at it. This isn't a, hey, I like the MCU. What are you doing, DC? This suit looks absolutely incredible. When you zoom in, man, does it look good. You know, I don't have any familiarity with this character, Blue Beetle, but I got to say, this first shot at this practical-looking suit, which will likely have some VFX touch-ups on it, it looks awesome. I cannot wait for this show. I love the actor Zolo, and he looks big. The suit looks cool. And Blue Beetle, I love the concept and the idea of being constantly introduced to new and different characters inside of both the DC, Marvel, Star Wars universes. So bring it on, guys. I'm sure that Carlos will have a few things to say next week about this reveal. We may even have more from Blue Beetle to talk about. But I just want to chuck that out there. There is a leak online. Type in Blue Beetle on Twitter and surely you will find the individual that is posting these. Now, lastly, for this week. I have to touch on one other debuting franchise that is near and dear to me, and that is Stranger Things. But the hardest thing I find about these binge style of series is a time in between seasons. I forget things, and jumping back into them is sometimes quite abrupt. This is one of my big struggles with these very quick, episodic, big binge drops. Now, with season four dropping... I didn't have time to go back and watch seasons one through three as much as I wanted to. It's not like we just had a whole pandemic. We spent two years inside of my house, which I probably should have done then. But it doesn't change my hype level for season four of Stranger Things. I know Netflix does recaps, and I'll probably get back into it, watch a couple episodes. But it's something that I watched for the first time on a summer holiday whenever it came out. And I'm not really much for the horror stuff, but this hooked me. It got me in with that 80s vibe with the kids. Really dug what they're putting out there, that Goonies-esque feel to it. And then it really brings you in with the mystery and intrigue. And it looks like season four is going to continue that. With the first trailer, of course, we talked about a few weeks, really hooking me in for this season. It will take a backseat to Kenobi, but it's still going to be a day one watch for me as we get back to Hawkins with the entire cast. And of course, my favorite, Dustin. And we're going to see what the upside has to bring and what really looks like a major escalation for the story compared to previous seasons. Now, this is split into two parts, one day being here, of course, at the end of May and the other debuting in July. And it does look like, at least for this first part of season number four, the cast is going to be somewhat split up, telling different stories that are never going to cross over as we move into the second half of the season in that July time frame. Now, this is the penultimate season from what the showrunners are saying. So that that means is this is the second to last season. So they're going to be setting up a lot of things. So I would not expect this season to actually end. There's likely going to be a major continuity of story through into season five. So guys, get ready. Spring is here. Summer is coming. And it's going to be a spring and summer of nerd. With everything from Star Wars and Celebration, Kenobi dropping this week, Stranger Things, of course, Thor Love and Thunder, and the future looks bright with things like Blue Beetle and Daredevil. We are feasting, guys. This is probably the best time to be a nerd. Not only do we have all the collectibles in the world, but we have film and TV and a constant stream of incredible content that ranges from the educational side of Prehistoric Planet all the way to the fantastical with Stranger Things and Thor Love and Thunder. So there's nothing to be sad about here, guys. Only positivity. 
I'm excited. I'm hyped for what Nerd is going to bring us. And I hope you guys are too. Jump on the hype train with me. Jump on the hype train with the Nerd Room. Let's freaking go. Let's enjoy. Let's be positive. Let's put those vibes. Let's manifest the best things to come here. I hope you guys enjoy this week, and I hope you guys enjoy Star Wars Celebration, whether you're celebrating in Anaheim with a bunch of people I know, whether you're at home celebrating like myself. If you want to join us for the live stream, of course, hop into that Over the Nerd Room YouTube channel. But enjoy it, guys. Enjoy it for what it is. There's inevitably going to be a bit of wincing, a bit of whining. Just ignore it. Turn it off and look at the positive thing. Because I can tell you right now, Kenobi's going to be killer the reveals are going to be fun. And whether it's Andor, Ahsoka, or even nothing, this weekend is about celebrating not only Star Wars, but celebrating Nerd. So go out there and have fun, guys. I hope you enjoyed this short episode here from the Nerd Room. If you'd like to be a bigger part of anything, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. The hunt is real, and it's over on Instagram, at the NerdRM, and of course, the Nerd Room YouTube channel. We've got lots of videos going up there. We finally clicked over that 400 sub mark. Very happy, very thankful for all that. Thank you for all those going over there. Give us a sub, like, commenting on those videos that are being put out there by both myself, Carlos, and Ian. Have fun with those. Come join us on the live stream and Twitter. Not on there as much as I used to be, but I do roam around once in a while commenting on all things Stars Marvel and DC, and of course, a little bit of that beyond. So guys, until next week when you're going to have me, or maybe me and Carlos, or maybe me and someone else, who knows? There will be an episode in the feed, as there always is, every single Thursday. So guys, enjoy, have fun, be safe, and may the Force be with you. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.